Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Very good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's episode, we're going to be getting into the administrative end of the GA as we go through two changes that are happening or potentially happening um, in local Cavan GA and national Cavan or national GA. Um, we'll start off. We'll be talking later on about the on the rage age grades. Um, very very hot topic around Cavan. Um, we'll be bringing you up to date on the information we have around what's happening in that. Um, but. Before that, we're going to jump into um, news that broke on Tuesday, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday, um, that there is a proposal, a motion going into National Congress to eliminate Cavan, Loud, Longford, Leitrim and Fermanagh from the National Hurling League um, and because they have five teams or less, or less than five teams at senior level. Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo Silt, will join me for comment in a minute. But I caught up with the Cavan captain Matthew Hines um, yesterday just to have a conversation with him around it. So I'm joined by the uh, Cavan senior hurling captain and GPA rep Matty Hines. Matthew Hines, um, I suppose to discuss this new proposal that's going to go to um, National Congress in December, which is directly affecting you and, and your teammates, along with five other counties in, in the region here. Yeah, uh, like uh, over the last few weeks, we heard whispers about this uh, document proposal that was going forward, that if the counties uh, county don't have five clubs within senior clubs in Horland within their uh, county, that um, they'd be withdrawn from the National League and only allowed to uh, play or compete in the Laurie Maher there. And, you know, initially when we heard it, we thought it was just whispering, we thought it was just people talking. And then I received a document another week ago that this is actually going as a proposal forward uh, to the National Congress on the 2nd of December to be voted upon by uh, members of the Congress. So a uh, very disheartening week, you know. It's, it's, it's something that kind of hit home when I seen that document, you know. And, you know, we, we just we just hope to see that, that this, this, this will be completely and utterly rejected by all county boards, you know, and I suppose just to, like, we, we do understand that there has to be some form of development of Horland in these counties, but I just don't think that this is the plan going forward for expanding on on a on a sport that's expanding in, in Calvin. Okay, we don't have that many clubs, but the success of our team last year and uh, I suppose the... Uh, the results that we got, we're seeing the fruit of that labour at the moment. So, yeah, a disheartening week, a frustrating week to, to nonetheless, but it is what it is at the moment. It, so the, the five counties affected by it that have less than five senior clubs are Loud, Longford, Leitrim, Cavan and Fermanagh. Have you spoken with, with, with players in these other counties? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nearly when, when, when the document was released, 
the five GPR reps came together and we had, we've been talking for the last four or five days on and off about this and our panels are completely behind us in rejecting this proposal and approaching our management and county boards to hopefully reject it as well. Like they're as uh, disheartened and annoyed and frustrated with this as I am, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's really is a, it seems to be punishing players and clubs and like we're trying to keep Horn alive in these counties and this just seems to be like a nail in the coffin uh, of trying to shut out Horn from these counties and I don't I don't necessarily think it's a fair way or uh, I suppose um, yeah just a good a, a good so, way of getting Horn to be expanded you know yeah I, I suppose you, you've been you've been involved in Horn and Cavan long enough to remember when there wasn't a Horn team and. Did that when there wasn't a county senior Horland team? I should say. Do you think that that during that period Horland improved in Cavan? I don't think it 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 really did. I don't think cutting off the head of the snake is going to is going to keep it alive. Really, not to use no, a snake uh, as an analogy. But... Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of snakes. But um, uh, no, I you look back in the last like fifteen years of Horland Cavan or since I've arrived as well, like it it, it doesn't it doesn't and since. Since we really made the the team was made and seven years ago there we have seen like in the first few years it was tough going like it takes time for teams to settle and to adjust but over the last three years like uh, Cavan the Cavan County team has been competitive in all games you know we've gotten to the Laurie Maher final unfortunately lost against Fermanagh last year this year I should say we won the Division Three B which was a massive step forward there so I just how can we like the idea of not having any league competitive league for our county. And then stepping into the championship, like how do we prepare for them championship games in the Laurie Maher without having league games to test the water with new tactics, to face opposition that we might be facing in the Laurie Maher there. And then the alternative is that we go back to our clubs and play at possibly a lower, definitely a lower standard, a lower speed, less games than what you would have if you had the National League. So for me, it just seems to be very counterintuitive for improving or expanding on Horland in Cavan, you know. It just seems to be a sign of disrespect to us, you know. It just really, it really does. Like it, it just seems to be punishing the players who and the clubs who have fought for so long for Horland and Cavan, and now that it is, what on the on a on a upward trajectory, this is just I think a very a big a massive step backwards, huge step backwards. Yeah, I I, I can sense the hurt in 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 your voice. Uh, I, I want to hit on the point because a lot of the players who who play. Horland for Cavan also play football for their clubs um, around Cavan and obviously when the league is going and, and the Laurie Maher there, there can be clashing fixtures um, when they're playing for Cavan they're going to choose to play for Cavan which is which is great to see as in Cavan Horlers but if there's no league will they would those players continue to play for Cavan and just play during the, the Laurie Maher the reality of it is, I couldn't imagine. I'm a dual player myself, like, and I'd probably always, I always loved hurling. I'd, I'd always go back to, but there would be players there that would go back to their clubs, start playing the league with their clubs, and maybe get into form and playing and getting into teams. Then all of a sudden, it comes to the Laurie Maher stages, and they have to make a decision. Okay, am I gonna, uh, basically go against my club here and go to the county and lose my position? You know, in back with our club and like here, I'm a club man as always with Mullahorn and I, I do anything. I play a, a game of football with Mullahorn and go play Horn McCavan later on the day if I had to. But I think you would lose a lot of players there and a lot of young players who there would be nervous of managers 
and I think they'd be more nervous of their club manager than they would of their county manager because at the end of the day you're going to be with your club until your legs are run off you when you're 40 or 34 or whatever age you are you know? yeah. <laughs> the, uh, there, was a, there was an example when I was calving on the 20 manager of young lad I don't mind naming him Rian Delaney who is on your senior panel on the calving senior hurling panel and I invited him in for, for trials with the footballers and he said, no, I'm going to commit to the, to the senior hurlers, which was great to see. But again, I'll go back to that situation that if there is no league, Rian Delaney goes into the cabin on the 20 footballers and he he doesn't progress as a hurler. And we've seen him in the Ulster Club Championship so far, how good he's been with Coothill. And we've seen him this year with Cavan progressing. So that's, that's kind of counter productive to trying to bring on young hurlers isn't it oh absolutely and the, and the point you made Irene there like you look at the look at the league final Irene came on mm. and scored a point if we didn't, if we didn't have Irene he wouldn't have scored a point that won us the league title you know what I mean and there's lots more players than Irene uh, young players like I'm I'm at the latter stage of my career playing hurling and football but there's lots of young lads there over in East Cavan over in uh, Coot Hill as well there. They would be in a similar situation with us for the under-20s with Cavan or with their own clubs that are trying to probably build on something. You look at Baileyborough, this, he had a tough year in the league. Like all them lads would be at the, biting at the bit to get back, get Baileyborough back up higher in the second division and progressing in the intermediate, hopefully. You know, so if you didn't have that league there to take, get like the carrot, as you say, to get them in, they won't come back for the Laurie Matter in the middle of June and league could be at the latter stage where we have to win games. You know, it's... Like it's and it's a big say like like that like Green made a, a huge decision for himself and 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 it's he got great benefit out of it at the end of the day like you know but yeah I do I do believe that you will you will lose players like you you will you'll just got to play football like this is a football in county let's let's just be rea- realistic about it. Has there been any consultation before you received this document? Were any of the players asked about their opinion before this document was released? No. Um, no, no, that's that's probably one that the kind of bit of a bit of not disrespect that we were shown, but there was no consultation uh, with players. And the first we learned about this was just whisperings. And then you seen an article on I think it's the Irish Times. And then I got a a WhatsApp from a good friend of mine uh, in another county and seen the actual document that was being proposed. And I thought, and then when I seen it at the end, this is it's literally in writing that this is going for vote at this on the second of December. I find it hard to believe, you know, and then uh, it was just a matter of then making a lot of phone calls, a lot of phone calls from other counties as well to see what's, what is what is actually happening. And we're just still awaiting to hear back exactly what is the what is the stance on in, in different counties, county, county boards there, even our own there. But our, to be honest, our own county board has given us absolutely everything over the last three years. I couldn't imagine them uh, being in support of this. It's uh, like only for the resources they've given us, they've that's given us that success. And the National League was massive for us last year and unfortunately we could have had the double last year with the with the uh, Laurie Maher and one point let us down but yeah there was no consultation that that's the, the disappointing thing the whole these whole things are set up with the GPA and all but there's no consultation you know that kind of way and you know it could have this whole animosity could be easily have been with like lessened if there was a bit of chat debate discussion on this how, how frustrating is it that i think i'm right in saying that your your destiny as a Cavan senior hurler is in the hands of the the Dublins, the Corks, the the Kilkennys. All all these other counties now can make a decision that that will affect you personally. Um, I suppose 
that has to be incredibly frustrating that you, you don't have the majority say here. Yeah, and that that's the that's the scary part of it there, and that's that's why we try we're trying to lobby a few high like high end players there just to to back us behind us because other counties won't realise the goings on and the uh, in the three B and three A like they they thinking oh sure it's costing so much sure this is a great idea go, it's it's all for development but they have to realise that throwing money at this issue of having uh, less than five clubs in each of the five counties you know it's 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 not going to fix it it's simply not going to fix it there and you'd hope that the county boards of clubs that are the counties that aren't affected will realise that this is this is simply a bad idea. And someday that there are counties that are struggling for numbers of clubs, they could find themselves losing out in the National League as well. You know, because if this comes in, it'll come in and probably stay in for a long time. So we would hope that our county boards at, all, at other levels and the members within that National Congress will completely vote against it. And the only word is that it is pure frustrating. You know what I mean? It is completely and utterly frustrating that you know it's 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 it could pass. You know, and and and, and it could this could be it. You know, and it's it's it is yeah, very very frustrating. It's um it's it, it's something I think we're we're, we're not going to hear the end of um until after uh, Congress, but it 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 doesn't. I think we've seen in Cavan that not having a senior team doesn't help promote the game, and I think we've also seen in Cavan that. With huge tanks and 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 as you said, with huge support from Calvin County Board, when it is properly supported, how well the thing can push on from a situation, as you said, not that long ago where Calvin were not competitive in games, to now being competitive in every single game, lifting that Division Three A uh, title or Division Three B title, going up to Division Three A now in the league next year been very, very close to winning Laurie Maher. And I know from not coming from a Horland background, know how much I've enjoyed watching the Cavan Horlers and would support Cavan Horland. So I think it's uh, it they're looking at the resources in the wrong way. Instead of taking it away from the team, maybe put more into them and, and support them better it would be a better way of promoting the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I suppose I, I do realise that like this is all engaged like to, 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 like for developing Horland it is like it is they're trying to, to trying to improve Horland in these counties and that that's that is the probably the core uh like uh reason behind this but like as I said before like throwing money at it is not going to be is not going to solve it like it's like over the last five years what from I've been here now seven years with Calvin I've seen the standard Horland improve immensely and it's mainly coming from the county the clubs are doing unbelievable work East Calvin Coothill Mullahorn Oaks folded last year, but there's massive work been done in them places. You know what I mean? And we're seeing the fruits of all this labour at, at the county level. This year was a massive year. You know, like, uh, there's no such thing as now Calvin been trounced, trounced. There's none of that crack. And I've been there. I've been there. There's days where I've thought, what are we at? But then you just have to stick with it. You have to get through them tough times, you know, to get to where we're at now. Going into Division 3A and, like, we're going into that to compete. We're not just going in. It's not a, it's not a Oh, well done, pat on the back, and you you got you got your medal and go away again. Like, I want to compete at three A. The whole team wants to compete at three A. The management wants to go to three A because we have to improve ourselves further. So there'll be even more. Uh, you get more out of it again, and then all of a sudden it can be pulled from you that yeah you're just gonna have the lorry now and this is it. You know it's yeah no it's it's a bit of a headache to be honest that we shouldn't be having we should be right now preparing our getting our pre season getting our SNC getting our running beginning for the McGork Cup and the National League at the end of January. Mm, well, look at 
hopefully hopefully the right decision is made at, at Congress. Matty, thanks for talking to us. No problem at all. Thanks very much, Damien. Paul, what's your take on this? I, I, I was I was knocked when I heard this one. Yeah, I was taken by surprise by it and I gave it a good bit of thought because at first I thought that's outrageous. Mm. My, first, my first thought was, Jesus Christ, what a disregard for hoarding in these counties, which the GA has never done anything for really anyway. And I know that coming from handball, in fairness, the GA has done has done a certain amount for handball and has done a lot more of late. But over the years, the GA presidents would, would have said that the GA hasn't done enough for handball and that is the case as well with Horan in, in a lot of counties. Yeah. And I often questioned whether the appetite was there in the GEA to really spread the Horan gospel uh, pa- past lip service, not just to have a, have a team and, and and that kind of stuff, but to actually have a strong game in all those counties. You'd wonder if it, if it was there, because if it was, surely the GEA would have really put the resource behind it. So, originally I thought this was outrageous, and that's hard to think about it, and I thought, well... Is it realistic to spend hundreds of, t- of thousands preparing a, a team when you might only have 60 or 70 hoarders in a county? Like, is that, is that a good use of those of that funds? And I was thinking about it that way. But what, what swayed me was I read a brilliant piece by Declan Bogue on the 42.e. Mm. He talked about the managed decline of hoarders. So he said the phrase, um, I think it was back in the 80s, like under, under Thatcher or whatever in the UK, and uh, Liverpool was very much a left-wing city and um, the local council dominated by Labour and so on and there was a decision making that they'd kind of cut their, their funding towards that area and they called it the managed manage decline so there, it was almost like palliative care for, for the, the yeah. city and Bo compares the GA's uh, attitude to Horan in, in you know, the five or six weaker counties um, to that that they're just managing the decline of it so that that did kind of sway me when I read Declan's piece. He made the case very well. Um, now Declan has, has a strong hoarding background, and he was involved in setting up a club up in Tyrone as well, which is going great guns at underage and so on. Yeah. So he's coming at it from a, a slightly biased position, but a very informed position as well. He knows what's going on there, and he's a, he has family involved with intercounty hoarding at Laurie Maher level and so on. But some of the points that he made made like he was saying that. I'll read, I'll read a bit of this. He says, <clears throat> The reasoning goes that the collective spend of these five counties was 806000 over the past season. Take away the league and that figure is halved with some vague promises to use that money as a means to promote Harlan. Now, he, he, he lists out some of the big uh, expenditures that the GA have. They pledged £2 million towards doing up Gaelic Park in New York, which they don't even own. They're, they have a long-term tenancy agreement there from the Metropolitan Transportation Authority. So, as Bogue says... The tenants are paying to do up the landlord's place, which is a, which is a nice bit of business. Uh, they're spending twelve million euro on the refurbishment of the of the Cusick stand, featuring an upgraded conference centre, suites, and bathrooms. Um, they're they're paying ninety five million for thirty one acres of land at Lanlift College, so, so they're dealing in mega bucks. Yeah. So eight hundred thousand is is not very much uh, in the overall. And can I can I just point out something that I thought was missed in in the, the motion about the redistribution of that money uh, to the development. That money is not generated by Crow Park, that 800000 That's each county board are raising that money. That's not Cavan are getting, 
whatever of the 150,000 of, of an 800,000 pot across the five counties and told, oh, go and prepare your teams. So I, I, I think that that was a bit disingenuous to say that, oh, well, what we should be doing is, is as, a, as an organisation, the GA should be dictating how Cavan spend their money on Horland. I don't well, uh, I don't know exactly how much Cavan get from Crow Park. I'm sure Cavan do get funding from Crow Park or from Ulster and all that. And maybe they're saying, well, like, you know, if we're given if we're given each county a certain allocation every year towards coaching and development or whatever it is that that uh, it's all coming out of the same pot essentially. But that money's coming from the the gate receipts of Championship and National League. Uh, you know, the, the money that the GA redistributes is money that's created by the counties in the GA. Mm. But I think I think the gate receipts for the Laurie Maher Cup were only like a couple of thousand. That's that's was one figure I read but, in the Irish Times. Sorry, but it was an official from Cavan County Board that said to me the only money that Cavan really would have received uh, with regards to preparing the the Horland team this year would have been for the trip to go over to uh, Lancashire or Warwickshire, whichever they played in in the Laurie Maher. That's yeah. the only money that they would have. The rest of the money that was spent on the Cavan Horland team was generated by the people in Cavan, the Cavan County Board. Hmm. Yeah, well, look, it doesn't always come, come back to money either. That's the other thing. Now, I, I, Bogue makes the point in his piece, which was a smart point. He said, do the GA really want to do this? Are they really going to do it? It's very vague. And he gets the impression maybe they're just putting up this flag to to try and light a fire on their, on their county boards and so on. Hmm. He, he kind of insinuates that this might never come to pass. Look, the GPA are going to be up in arms about it, you can yeah. be sure. Yeah. It's it's a perfect cause celeb for the GA to get involved, the GPA to get involved in. They love to to uh, show that they're fighting for the for the, the hoarder in the bottom-ranked hoarder county because it, it, it staves off accusations of elitism that's always leveled at the GPA. So there's always a, there's a bit of that going on with the GPA as well, all politics. But I think it's possible to say that this is a bad move but also be of the opinion that something drastic is needed because I, I go back to the to the famous quote by Conor Hayes when he was the Galway Hurling manager in the mid-noughties and he said Hurling is like an old country house that you see dotted around the country that from a distance it, it looks like a, a stately mansion but you re- when you get closer you realise all it is is the walls and it's totally gutted inside and it's decrepit and derelict mm. and that is the case with Hurling you look at the big games in Hurling and it, I mean it's a, it's a great standard and they're prepared to the nth degree and, you know, players are doing things with the ball that, that their their previous generations just couldn't do, a lot of them. But then you look at the, at the bottom level, like, and it is weak. Like, Horland's extremely weak in Cavan, and that is nothing, no disrespect to the players on the Cavan Horland team who have put in such effort and, you know, dragged themselves from the abyss from not having a team to the point where they were able to win a National League title. And, and like, you have Oli Bell, you coming down there, hugely passionate man, Tomás mm-hmm. Mannion, uh, and they've they've united a bunch of lads. They've put the shoulders to the wheel, and their, their effort can't be doubted. But that doesn't take away from the fact that Horland is very weak in Cavan, and so something needs to be done. But I don't, and I can understand the the idea of we know that, and Horland people are always saying that, and no different to Hamble people that there's a limited pool of people uh, who have the interest and the passion for it that are willing to to put the time into it. There's just a limited pool of volunteers, and if you have a county senior hurling team. It's like a magnet. It draws in. You yeah. need selectors and you need fellas to help out and you need logistics people and all that. And it's all come from the same pool. Let's say if you were a Horner man, Damien, and you, you were roped in as a selector with the cabin team, 
but then you probably mightn't have time to, to train a team in your own club or whatever. And that maybe that's where it's more needed. So I can understand that argument, but at the same time, I, I, I think you, you can't further the lot of Horland by reducing the amount of Horland that's played. And that's what would happen in Cavan because club activity is, is limited based on what they're saying, which is a limited number of clubs in these counties. And of course, there are, there are there's only, I think, three clubs in Cavan. Yeah. Um, so club activity is limited. So from that point of view, intercounty Horland is needed in Cavan more than anywhere. Because these la- you have to provide Horland for players if they want to play Horland. You can't take away the <laughs> opportunity to play it. You can't say, no, <laughs> sorry, we're, because we want to save a few quid, uh, we're, we're going to take away this pathway, first of all, for young lads. Um, so the lads who are in the system now, like, okay, let's talk utopian situation and in 10 years' time we've got 10 buzzing underage clubs. What about the lads who are in the system now? What do they aim for? They are definitely going to drift away if there's nothing there. There's no end yeah. position for them. So I can see the, where the G are coming from, but I think this is totally heavy-handed and I couldn't see it ever coming in. Yeah, you'd imagine you'd imagine comments. It's actually, I, I, I didn't get far enough into Declan's piece to to hear that that it possibly was just a bit of grandstanding to try to motivate, which, which I think could make sense because I don't think it's workable. Like, I don't think... I, I don't think you're going to encourage young kids in Cavan to pick up a hurl if they don't hear it on the radio, if they don't see it in the newspaper. You know, if if they haven't got a, a person that's either teaching them or in their club or that's a human being that they can put contact onto and say, well, that's what I want to get to because I can see him playing for Cavan. I don't think, I don't think if we take away the National League that... Rian Delaney picks hurling over football. I don't think, you know, Shane Briardy goes and, and prepares for the hurling when he could have played for Bally Hayes and, and maybe nailed down a place at cornerback or whatever. I don't think he then would separate his year up and say, do you know what? I'm going to do the league with Bally Hayes and then I'm going to put all my lot into the Laurie Maher. I don't think that happens. Yeah. So I think there's too much in it that that literally would be would have a negative effect on the number of people who play the game for it to be in any way beneficial. Yeah, I think I think they're right that resources are limited and there has to be a push for underage. But but I, I think you're robbing Peter to pay Paul if you take away the, the county team and okay, all those volunteers who are willing to put their time in with the county and all those players and so on, they might have more time on their hands, they might do more in their clubs and so on, but then you've no county team. Mm. Which which is the sort of thing you're aiming towards. Ideally, you'd have both, but of course, it, it doesn't work like that. So it's a tricky one, but I think it'd be a really bad move, and it it would be unfair on the on the lads in in those counties, particularly in Cavan, who have come from nowhere and and you know have really put in the effort and have established a team, and they've got you know they've got values around that, and they've got a certain code of practice that they adhere mm-hmm. to like it's not just a group of lads who go out and play it's an actual team and, and they're, they've been successful in their own grade so, and that are making progress consistently over the last two three years you know? yeah so I don't think it'll happen I think the GPA will kick up a fuss and I don't think it'll happen but it is Again, a conversation that has to happen though like more needs to be done in counties yeah, yeah and, no, ca- and county boards like the, the, the county boards have a responsibility to promote the code of Horland just because you're a football county you have to do more. You don't just take a box. The more has to be done. That's just it. Do you feel then that, again, two questions. One, I'll go to first directly relating to that. Do you feel that counties should be punished if they don't have 
X number of clubs or X number of underage players in in particular codes. I, again, Cavan being on one end of the spectrum, I suppose Kilkenny being on the other end of the spectrum and being in terms of football. Well, it's an interesting one, like it's a character stake approach, but I, I'm never in favour of fines or anything like that in, in the GA because, I mean, it has to be... It's ticket sellers. Yeah, yeah, cl- clubs have to, that's just tr- pulling out of the, the pool of the money that'll go to something else and some wordy aspect of club expenditure or county expenditure will lose out there, but uh, I, I think there has to be a serious look at it, like, and I, I, I question whether the appetite is there in the GA. I think if it was, we'd have seen great improvements. And I think since the tiered system came in in Horland, while, while it has given an impetus to teams at the bottom, it probably has ring-fenced the top. Like they have pulled the ladder up behind them. We haven't yeah. seen any team break through from Joe McDonough level and establish themselves in the Liam McCarthy in that time. The funny thing is, actually, somebody pointed this out to me. Uh, I, I listened to the podcast. I can't remember who. Was the ladder not pulled up already? Was it not already gone? I, they, I can't. It's a good while ago. The point was made, but they were they were seeing the number of teams that had won Liam McCarthy in the previous forty years was. I think was it six or seven teams? Yeah, I'd say I'd say it probably was. Yeah, it, I'd say it probably was. But what what has happened is you probably it's probably um, the gap has probably got wider, and you've lost awfully. For example, maybe you're going to lose them anyway. It's a small county already split in two between football and hurling. Mm. Maybe maybe you were going to lose them anyway. They were the last new team to break through, but um, you know, are the likes of you've probably lost down in Antrim as well. Like in the nineties, yeah. they were strong. They were Division One. Uh, Darren stayed in Division 1 for three years in a row in the 90s probably never happened again uh, so I think the pool at the top is smaller and while there is a pathway there the, the gap is too wide and it's getting wider all the time uh, and I, I also think the way Hurling has has become so free scoring as well it's 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 probably a different debate but it's harder to close the gap when teams are scoring 114 in a game you only had to get to, you only had to get to one fifteen. Now you've got to be able to go out and score three three thirty to win these games. Yeah, and that's yeah. going to be very hard done. Um, yeah, I, it 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 is something, and I do think maybe it might spark that debate. It might help to help to think. One of the points that was made to me, um, which I I I, I would agree with. Uh, I'm not. I don't. I don't think I'm talking out of school by by saying who said it to me, but Mark O'Rourke, and he said that a better initiative or a better idea would be to offer clubs funding towards hurls, helmets, slitters and saying, well, we'd give you a thousand quid this year to buy that for your under fives or under tens or whatever the case may be. Um, age grade, like that, that would actually be a promotional thing because I know... Well, maybe, that's what, maybe that's what they're trying to do by... by Rechanneling that money that's going into the senior county team, maybe that's what the GA will say. That's the thinking behind it that this money can go down. But again, there. surely it's a boat. But it's people you need. Like money's not going to go out and knock on doors and get kids out to play and all that stuff. You need people and passion. And money will only go so far. So what what do you do there? I don't know. If people aren't passionate about hoarding, no different than handball. Like. I know exactly how Horland people feel in the weaker counties because handball is a poor relation in, in the GA mm. in general. And like, like, can I expect someone in Mount Nugent to go, to go out and start promoting handball? They don't know anything about it. They've never played it. 
they might have some goodwill towards it, but it's to all intents and purposes, it's a foreign code to them. And that's the exact same way as Horden is with an awful lot of the football people in Cavan. That's just the situation we're in. Yeah. So I don't know how you solve it. I do think, and, and this is something I think we're getting into a bigger picture of the GA here, but I do think actually the, um, the retention of members is, is, the, is the target there. Like the way I look at it in, in take my own club, for example, in Drummelee, I think if we had camogie, hurling, handball and football all available on our site in, in Cavan Town and I think some of the players then who don't make it at football might want to make it at hurling, some who don't make it at hurling might want to make it at football, some who, and vice versa, on into handball. But finding something that keeps them involved in the club makes this club stronger and therefore potentially you're 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 retaining families for generations yeah. that's that's i think the carrot but the more you can offer i think to your members the stronger your club is going to be i, I definitely agree, agree with that. Yeah. and i think playing other sports is proven to to help your main sport as well mm. like that sort of cross-pollination of sports is a good thing and you know we, i know i sat here a couple of weeks ago and said why are why are we promoting rugby and now I'm saying it's good to play other sports so there's a bit of contradiction there but to uh, to a certain extent that is a good thing and especially when they're all within the same sport and family the way the hurling and handball are yeah yeah completely agree um, okay fingers crossed that it's uh, it is just something that needs a a, a good boost to uh, to get the votes right at, at, at convention I, I'm, I'm presuming I'm with you on that one but I, I think there is an onus on uh on the GPA here, there's no notice on on maybe the likes of Cavan because my understanding is that of the five counties that it directly affects, three of them are very much against it, as in their county board. From talking to Matthew, obviously, all five county panels are completely against it. So it's about getting the word out, um, and and it it, it it's going to take. It's a bit like it's a bit like we'll talk about it now in a minute. But taking control of the, the course of the GA here, you know. Well, one thing about the G- GPA, like I fully expect them to be up in arms about this because the GPA are like an opposition party in government. You, you've got to be constantly given out mm. to, to to show Justify that, that you're active and and you know you can't agree with the, with the opposition. And the GA were formed or the GPA were formed basically out of opposition to the GA and the practices that they had in place. So while while they've been essentially bought the GPA they've been brought under the wing of the GEA um, I think they do see that as their role but like the GPA pioneered this was it was it a 7 aside or 11 aside hurling I can't remember what name they had on it and like they brought that to Fenway Park and all that yeah. stuff and so Don Cusick was big into promoting that and all that personally I thought that showed seriously skewed priorities how did G- the GPA can and Don Logue could pioneer this new code of hurling when their own form of hurling is on its knees in about 15 counties. Was that the idea of it though? (coughs) That that by reducing the numbers that it takes to play a game, you may get more games being played? No, because it didn't promote it in Ireland. Yeah, you're right. It was promoted overseas and it was promoted particularly on the east coast of America, which which is a major source of funding for the GPA with their corporate dinners and all that stuff. So, you know, they'll always make the argument that the money's going back into the, the right places. But I wonder, like, Horden, the old country house metaphor again, it, it's just perfect. Mm. Okay. Brady's Arva Limited, 
main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Right, let's get on to On The Rage debate in Cavan because <laughs> if it was confusing before with three options, Paul, it's got even more confusing. Um, on I think it was, was it Tuesday or Wednesday um, a new option came out so I'll go through part of it here so um, Martin Cahill sent out an email to all the clubs basically explaining that um, when we meet next Monday which is all the clubs at the county board meeting um, we effectively have two decisions to make on this um, at the outset we will have to decide as to which age we decouple at following which we will have to reach a conclusion as to what age grade our competitions will be organised going forward. The initial decision will impact the subsequent discussion um, in the, uh, in that it may render some options impossible. So uh, within that, I think if we go to the decoupling at 17s, then there's three options still alive um, in terms of option one, is decoupling at 17s uh, because there is no under-18s competition. Option three is decoupling at 17s with an under-18s competition. And then option four, um, my understanding, is decoupling at 17s um, with an under-17s championship and an under-18s league competition. Option two is the only one that has decoupling at under-18s. So... That's kind of ruling out one of the options. I, I'm I'm imagining it doesn't sound like there's much support. So to fill people in, I had got to 19 clubs uh, by Tuesday. And then the 19 club that I rang informed me that they were told that there will be a fourth option coming out. And so they were going to go back and make another, another decision with the fourth option. Now, the fourth option, um, to go through it here, so... Uh, this has been suggested by the Youth Board following their review of a proposal from Gauna uh, Club and taking into account the views expressed at the last County Board meeting involving club youth representatives. Um, now, first thing on this, I will point out, because I, I spoke with um, a representative of the Gauna Club on this, this isn't the Gauna proposal. So it's it's part of... Parts of it are like the Gauna proposal, but to be fair, the way Gauna had a proposal, they actually had a calendar, and what they had was competitions at everything from under 13s every single year through to under 19. So under 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19 competitions. Um, this is very different. So run a league competition at under 13, 15, and 18, run a championship at um, under 13, 15s and 17s and one other age grade either under 19s or under 20s with decoupling at under 17 
Um, so essentially, under 18s are allowed to play football for the adult team. The youth board favours consideration for option four, as decoupling at 17 is at the heart of our ability to provide comprehensive games, a compre- comprehensive games program. The eligibility of an under 18 of an 18 year old to play both youth and adult football impinges on our ability to design a fixture schedule. Um, it would greatly impact the on the scheduling of under eighteen matches. An under eighteen sorry, an eighteen year old cannot play two games um at the weekend. Now <clears throat> again just to kinda clarify a couple of points on this. Um the 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 scheduling is going to be a problem. They're, like it's not going to be simple. But it 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 was done for I don't know how many years up until it wasn't done. So why why is it more of a problem now than it ever was? Do you think? Right, so are you in favour of the, the one where where uh, eighteen year olds can can play minor and senior? Yes. I, I personally I'm in favour of option three. I still think it's the right option. So um, what happens if one team progresses if a minor team progresses to a final and an intermediate or a senior team that he's also playing on, one lad's also playing on, or two lads are also playing on, also progress. Then the club and the player make a decision. Which they're going to play. Which they're going to play, or are they going to play... Well, see, again, and this is this is an important part here, that 60-hour recommendation is not a rule. Now, my understanding is the county board said at that meeting in Stradone, well, we're going to implement it. Again... I I would like to think that the county board does what the clubs want done. Like Niall Murray, there's a podcast coming out soon. He talks about that. He he played a senior final and a minor final on the same day, you know. And he wasn't the only player to have ever done it. And he's still alive. He didn't die, <laughs> you know. So I I don't understand it. The the sixty hour recommendation is a recommendation, which again to bring that back again. So the. The recommendation is that you cannot play with your minor team and your senior team within 60 hours. What if that minor player has a college's game or a football, you know, a, a school's game within 60 hours? Or, you know, there, there are so many, what if he's a soccer game or a rugby game? What's, what, what's there to protect him in that situation? I think we're, we're, we're isolating. What if he has a county minor game on a Saturday? And in a club senior game on a Sunday, the sixty-hour rule doesn't apply there. Yeah. So I don't understand why it's applying to one set of. Again, I, I I use rule there. It's not a rule. It's a recommendation. So I I think that that's a little bit of a a barrier just put up to try to keep things as as they are. Yeah, <clears throat> I've given this a lot of thought and. I think I gave my thoughts on it the last time we discussed it as well. And what what interests me about the whole thing is not so much the nitty gritty of the proposals. That, that I find that a bit of a turn off. It's just like that when I get into that stuff, <laughs> no, I don't, maybe I don't have the concentration span for it. But I, I just find it I get bogged down in it, um, and I kind of quickly make up my mind what I like, and and that's it. I find it hard to to move on from that. But what I find interesting about all of this is is the dynamic that seems to be at play between the board and the clubs. And there seems to be 
I won't say uproar, but there seems to be disquiet among the clubs uh, and this sense of a, of an us and them and that the board are trying to railroad something through. Now that's, I must say, and that's the case, that's the impression I've got from, from some people. And that I find that very interesting and, and slightly depressing because for one thing, as I said the last day, this is basically a test of the competence of our club delegates. Because mm. you've you've taken a plebiscite of the clubs. If you spoke to nineteen clubs, how many of them are? What way are they thinking? At that stage, fifteen of them had had meetings and confirmed they were going for option three, and three of them had said they hadn't had their meeting yet, but anticipated option three. So, if we can extra- extrapolate that out over forty clubs or forty-one clubs, you're looking at. An overwhelming majority seem to be in favour of one particular option. Yeah. Now, to me, this is a zero-sum equation. I, I, I can't understand why there's such trepidation about it and and such, uh, such giving out about it and and, like, if the, if the delegates are competent and they have a bit of gumption about them, it's surely, done. It's done. Well, surely they win a vote. It, like, I don't mm. think. The board are a malevolent, malevolent body here. I don't think the board are, are setting out to destroy football in Cavan. Now, they do seem to have an agenda. And I think even mm. the way they've worded their, their missives to the board or to the clubs, it, it, they've made it clear what their preferred option are. Although I don't personally have an issue with them having a pre- preferred option because they are the guardians of football in the Cavan. They were elected to those positions. So I don't personally have, have an issue with that. I think that's fair enough to express that. Uh, but... What what I just don't get is is why there's such sort of trepidation over the whole thing. Like surely, well, it's a, it's it is a democracy, and even if the board board vote on block, it's still only a, a, a relatively small minority of votes in the room. But uh, yeah, no, I, well, it's not it's not a, a very small number. It's eighteen votes to have. And and do do is it like the convention where every club gets three votes? No, again, that wasn't made clear. It wasn't made clear in 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 the email that came out, does every club get one vote or is it three votes and then 18 for the for the board? Uh, again, not made clear, unfortunately. But again, again, like, where, is, uh, this is, where, where are our delegates at, though? Because, like, the first thing that happens at an AGM is the standing orders are adopted, which would cover that kind of stuff, voting rights and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so I'd imagine, like, are there delegates here with, with enough where we're all about them to, to get all this sorted? If there is a sense that there's a feeling among the clubs to go one way and the board, the executive to go another way. I, I don't understand why why the, the power is not with the clubs, if that is the case. That's the bit that that's kind of uh, sort of baffling me. Well, see, the, I, I think the, the the thing that is worrying or that, that has this maybe situation arisen, arisen from is that the board made it clear back at the start of this year that, that in 2024 we would be returning to even numbers. They sent out an email stating that. So why is this even on the agenda? I think that that's, that's kind of where they're coming from. Well, is it Lisbon all over again? We, we, you know, we, we agreed to this, but now we're, we're having a second thoughts. We'll, we'll come back and ask you again. And that's, that's a phrase that I've heard from a number of different people around clubs. Do they think it's Lisbon that the more they, they throw stuff at us, they'll get the answer that they want. So they're, they're definitely... I've got the feeling there is definitely a divide between it. And I don't think that the way that they worded on the email that came out this week 
talking about option three. So in option one, they describe what it is. In option two, they describe what it is. In option three, they say, whilst this remains on the table, they don't describe what option three is. They're just basically saying uh, it has been amended such to an extent that it is neither feasible or enforceable, especially with regard to the 60-hour task force recommendation. Uh, should clubs decide to introduce this option, neither the youth board nor the CCC will make any alterations to their game schedule to facilitate the small number of players who would be in a position to play both adult and underage competitions. Furthermore, clubs should be aware that given the long-standing precedence of playing our minor finals in the as curtain raisers to our senior, intermediate and junior finals, that regardless of the um, contestant in the game, that any potential crossover that may occur, both games will go ahead on the same day. It it's almost like I don't know. I I read that and think this is this is a threat. Well, if you go through with this, I'm going to take your toys away. <laughs> you know what part of what part of that doesn't make sense though? What part of that is not common sense? Well, sorry. Well, it's not that it's not common sense, but it it's it's the wording of it. Whilst this remains on the table, it it's almost saying like, well, it's not. It, it's neither feasible or enforceable. That's not true. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that part. That part. I don't. I think it is feasible. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I don't think that line should have been included. Yeah. I think and it I, is. It is feasible, and I don't think. Uh, I don't think the word enforceable is applicable there. You don't enforce and, anything. And complete. And 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 I I would go one step further. If it's neither feasible or enforceable, why was it ever on the table? It was the county board who came out with these. Mm. I don't understand that. That that makes no sense to me at all. Yeah, I think that that line is very ambiguous. Now, I think I think they're right though to to make it clear about uh, minor and senior because without a doubt what would happen is a team get to a minor final and then they go we have a player in the minor final and he's also in the senior panel and I could ima- I can just see clubs oh, yeah. kicking up mortar and yeah. crying player welfare and all the rest of it and then the board of the bad guys because they're forcing some young lad to play twice in the same day and you'd have parents and everything involved in that so I can understand where the board come from there but that line about neither feasible it is feasible it, yeah. it worked for a long time I, I don't see why completely but, and how many times? What what age is Niall Murray now? Thirty. Well, that that year he played the minor senior final was two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight. So that that's fourteen years ago, fifteen years ago. How many times has it happened since? <clears throat> well, it can't have happened in the last few years. No, because minors under seventeen. No. But yeah, it would have been very rare. There's not, see, that's that's the point. It's not it's not a massive amount of times that that happens. And and when it does happen, then clubs have to make that decision. You know, take it on board. It, I I I don't believe that the sixty hour recommendation is something that that is a hard and fast rule. You know, well, I'm always wary of the likes of that because obviously you you have to draw a line somewhere, so it's going to be arbitrary. But when you're getting down to hours. It's getting a little bit ridiculous. Like 60 what? hours, and we're talking about a blanket recommendation across every young footballer in Ireland and saying 60 hours. So not 59, not 61, 50, 60 hours. But, I think but, that's a bit But you're also stupid. saying then that that's all right for uh, an 18-year-old, but that same 18-year-old could play a Sigerson game on a Saturday and go off and play another inter-county senior game or whatever the case may be, a 19-year-old can do that in the same day. We've had that happen in the last four or five years. Yeah. How's that? Does that make any sense in anybody's head that the 60-hour rule is, or recommendation is, 
is going to be implemented. If they said, if the GA came out and said across the board, listen, nobody is going to be allowed to play our games, two games within 60 hours, then you'd say, okay, well, that's going to be applicable to club, through county, through schools, everything. And therefore you go, okay, well, that's, that's, that's why they're doing it. But to have it applicable just to one bracket, I don't think that that, I personally think it just washes away any any power that that statement would have had. Yeah, I don't see the issue with an 18-year-old playing two matches on a weekend. I don't see the issue with that no. at all, personally. No. Um, but yeah, the, 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 another couple but of it's points. The, it's, the, it's the club v executive thing, Damien, that, is, that has really piqued interest. And now that's... Well, can I, can I bring up then within uh, that? So Monaghan decided last night they're going back to even age. And was it contentious in Monaghan? I don't think it was as contentious as it is here, but the Monaghan County Board did not vote. They allowed the clubs to vote, and the vote was overwhelmingly in in favour of going back to even numbers. So the, the, the vote total, I think, was whatever number of clubs is in Monaghan. No members of the board were, were included in the vote. So they allowed the clubs to have the power on that, um, which which I thought was kind of an interesting thing, to be honest, because it was saying, well, clubs guide county boards. You know, I thought it was a, 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 a statement by Monaghan to say, we're here to, to try to represent yous and you tell us what you want us to do. Mm. Well, that, that's true. And you know what? I think that dynamic has shifted in Cavan. And personally speaking, I blame the delegates for that. Liam, Liam McCabe, when he retired and I interviewed him, he said that there was very little debate at county board meetings and that some fella took him to task one time in the bar a- after a convention mm. that, ha- that had sat quiet as a church mouse during, during the actual convention. And I think, I think as a collective, and it's, it's not individuals because it's, it's an ever-changing body of people, but as a collective, I think our delegates have been very um, asleep at the wheel, really, Can a, I- a lot of the time. And now it has reached a big issue and... Okay, suddenly we're not happy for the board to, to take the lead on this. And it has caused it has caused very strong feelings, it seems. But that's the situation that we sleepwalk sleepwalked into in this county. Is it is it though that maybe there was a a situation where a lot of the decisions being made that people agreed with and and then just kind of thought, well, you know, the odd person who would speak up and say something, if they weren't getting back in from other delegates then They'd say, "Okay, I'm in the minority. I'll step back off this. There's no point in me hammering at home when, you know, I'm I'm in the minority here." The other point that was being made, and I, and I think it was, I actually think it was Martin Cahill that that, that made it. The, the, that lack of debate at county board meetings may have coincided with the changing from there being two delegates elected and appointed to represent clubs at county board meetings to. The chairman and the secretary, I think, are the two that have to go or yeah. are mandated to go. And I, when when I heard that point, I was thinking, the chairman and secretary are going to meetings on meetings on meetings in the yeah. club. They're they're meeting out. They're they're yeah. they're they're like some of our listeners maybe podcasted out, you know. <laughs> and, but and and on top of and that, the people on the podcast and they're and they're they're the ones who are sitting behind the table taking these questions and taking these arguments and discussions from the floor of their club meeting. So therefore they're more, I suppose, empathetic towards the top table at county board. So maybe a return of a separate delegate who are 
tasked with going to just county board meetings might generate more debate around this yeah. as I well. I wonder what the thinking behind that was in the first place, actually. Because when you think about it, the person who might be best placed to argue at a county board meeting or to speak publicly or whatever might necessarily be your chairman or your secretary. No. Uh, no. And it mightn't be the most informed person on, on general business affecting the county. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> you get the politicians you deserve as well. You get the leaders you deserve. And um, that's in clubs and counties. And like you look at Tyrone, the, I I think the comment was made at a Tyrone County Board meeting when they tried to to bring in a group system in their championship that the, the board were told you work for us, we don't work for you. And, and from the floor, from the floor, and you know they're very they're, they're very much of that opinion in in Tyrone. Mm. Whereas in Cavan, I I don't know. Again, to reiterate, I don't think there's anything malevolent about the board. Uh, the board are 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 drawn from the membership of the clubs. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Th- there, is, there does seem to be a bit of a divide there and there's an awful lot of giving out. Now I can understand that there's there's a an opinion out there at the moment that in Cavan we have moved away from focusing on football matters and more towards other things like capital projects and the ancillary stuff that goes around football. And around I think there the might be... Around the GA. And I think there's some merit in that. Mm. Um, but again... Why? But I would, again, I would say... If you're a delegate and you're you're uh, outraged by this sort of shift in approach that that's perceived, what have you done about it? Yeah, like you are you are a, a stakeholder there. You are there to to speak your mind and to have your say. And crucially, you have a vote. Mm. So, I, yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not sitting here defending the, the executive no. and bashing the clubs. I think I think there's a part of them in it. <laughs> let them let them at it. Gloves gloves off and go for it. Can we just go go back to the three things, the three options or sorry the the four options that are there? Because I I have received a huge amount of uh, uh, correspondence from different people, different club members around um, the county on this. To go with, with option one, I think option one being as it currently is. The big concern there is clubs are saying that the drop off rate. That the that extra year will make a difference, and they 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 want that extra year for the drop over. Option two, from what I can understand, where the decoupling is at, at under eighteen, and it's it's even numbers. Um, so under fourteen, under sixteen, under eighteen competitions, I don't think that that's uh, uh, going to fly at all because I think the decoupling at under eighteens doesn't suit the the clubs that need those. 18 year olds to play yeah. to, to, to bring on the team I agree now I will make the point actually in that that that's just for one year if that happened you know the following year then that player is available and, and everybody then has the same brush to, to, to paint with so um, but I don't uh, from talking with the clubs I don't think that that's a popular option it doesn't seem like anybody wants it the option three which again is decoupling at under 17, but even age grades. Um, there is a concern within this one where the under 12s, and sorry, this is also in option two, but under 12s is non-competitive go games. Now, in Monaghan, they've adopted even numbers, but what, they are, what they're after doing is saying that they will run an under 12 non-competitive spring league, but a competitive summer league. So... Again, this is something that within the county can be changed, that that under 12 can become a competitive. The other alternative that a good few people were saying was 
we can still run an under 13 competition. I remember growing up, there was your under 12 competition, there was an under 13 summer competition as well. Yeah, so Just a championship, wasn't it? Just a championship, yeah. That was run during, and then you had your under 14, both league and championship. So again, I, I believe that there's options in that. A really good suggestion, and we, we don't have time to, to read it all out, but um, Declan Maguire from, from Drumlane, um, obviously a, a a huge name in the in the GA in terms of he's been involved with a lot of teams um down through the years and in schools football as well. Um he he was saying that look at okay if, if goal games can't be competitive in terms of we're keeping score and we're handing out silverware, um why don't we make them competitive in a different way? Make them competitive as in that first quarter you get a point for every time you complete uh, a kick pass on your weaker foot. And, you know, second quarter, you add an additional skill or another skill that you get a point for. So they're they're technically geared towards improving the skills of the player, which I thought is an absolutely brilliant idea. You know, what are we looking for out of on the 12s? Well, ideally to develop them technically. We're, we're not looking at the physical development of them in terms of getting bigger and stronger. We're... we're ideally focused on their skills so I thought that that was a good suggestion there are creative ideas that could be done to create competition because kids are competitive anyway you you put them out against each other they're going to want to win and that's just it create that competition and target it towards their technical development um, there is more detail to that but unfortunately we, we just don't have time but I think that was a really really good idea um, so the within that option three which again I still believe will be the one that the most clubs are going to go for here um, from talking to different people over the last 24 hours then the option four um, I think again it's important just to point out here and and while it was worded that it was Gauna looking at the Gauna proposal it's not Gauna's proposal it's 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 very different so what's going around on social media or on, on WhatsApp anyway is Gowna's proposal, which is a spreadsheet detailing the number of games that will be played at each um, age grade, so 12s, 13s, 14s, 15s, 16s, 17s and so on, and the time of year that they'll be played at. Um, but that's not what option four is. So I think there's, there's, there's clarification needed here from the county board to clear up and say that we're either going with Gowna's proposal, which is every single age grade, or we're going with option four, which is not Gowna's proposal, and just clarify that because the spreadsheet is going around. A lot of coaches have contacted me and said, "Well, they've already done out a timeline and a and a and a fixture schedule for option four. Why haven't they done it for option one, two, and three? Now, I did clarify to them that that's not the county board's spreadsheet. That's one the Gowna club produced themselves. But what it did bring up is. Where's the meat and bones around option one, two, and three? What number of games are we going to play at option one, which is the current setup? We, we, we know what that's like. What number of games are we going to play in option two and option three? And how are we going to schedule them? What would that look like across the year? How does it overlap with the, the inter-county games, the development squads? There's no meat and bones to any of this. I think it's, uh, it's disappointing that it wasn't fully thought through to, well, look at their... There's what Gauna were able to do. So in March, we'll have these games. In, in April, we'll have these games. We haven't done that at county board level. Yeah, <coughs> you'd imagine that that should have been done. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like the Gauna one is very well thought out. Now, the only thing I'd say with the Gauna one is 
are you talking then about clubs having an under-17 and an under-18 team? Does that mean you're going to need different managers? You're going to have two. You're going to have a slightly different team, and then they're also going to have an under-16 team. Mm. So, like, you've got you're going to have three teams with potentially almost the same panel in some clubs, but it'll be mixed up for different games. I think it's a, it's a novel idea. And if explored, had, I don't know if it should be on that document. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. The other one, an option four that I think is important to point out here is that, so what it's proposing is that an under-18 league competition with an under-17 championship competition. Now, I can only imagine then if the under-18 league competition is going ahead, it's going to be in the earlier part of the year. So if that is going to be in the earlier part of the year, you're probably going to lose out on your best players who are involved with the county on the 20 squad, which is running in the earlier part of the year. So are we going to be running another the, the sole under-18 competition, but taking out, let's say there's 10 or 12 players involved with the county on the 20 squad that are under-18, taking them out and saying to the clubs, no, go and play away without them. I think it'll undermine the competition. The only thing is we're doing that with the minor league at the minute. I know, but, but it, there is a minor championship then there is a further competition that everybody is allowed to play whereas so, we won't have that with, with an under 18 league unless they hold it yes I understand the under yeah. 20 which would be in June I, it seems to me the more you, you discuss there Damien it seems to me the obvious thing is to go with with option 3 which is under 18 16s yeah, 14s yeah, and, and in your 18th year you can play senior football yeah. but Senior games take precedence. There won't be there won't be rejigging fixtures around it, so the clubs will have to make a call on it. Yeah. And the recommendation is that you don't play two games in sixty hours. But um, realistically, that clash is not going to emerge that often, and clubs should probably be advised to use their own cup on here when it comes mm. to that. And I mean, to me, that seems a no brainer. It, it seems. Am I am I back up the wrong tree here? No, I I think that's why I'm kind of no I I'm engulfed in it because of the amount of contact I've had from people about this, but to me it is the no brainer. Yeah, it seems I, that I, way I to don't me. see it any other way. I'm not. I haven't studied it as hard as you have now, but looking at it, that seems to me to be the one. Like we have to bring minor to under eighteen for the simple reason that the gap between under-17 and adult football is too great. And everyone yeah. agrees on that. And, I mean, that should nearly override all other concerns. Mm. Because you've got to to have players coming on. Otherwise, we're at a, a point in time where a lot of clubs are almost at a historically low ebb. Like, that's the fact. There's, mm. a, there's In terms of playing numbers. Th- there's genuine talk, like, that that some clubs mightn't last much longer and so on. Mm. We we have to do everything we can to to hold on to the players we have. Relatively speaking, there are a lot less kids playing football, teenagers playing football in Cavan than there were, relatively speaking. As I produced those stats before, in 1997, I looked up the... On, I came across it by accident one time. I was looking up something in the Celt archives in 97 and I found the under-16 tables. And there were 39 clubs had a standalone under-16 team. Mm. One amalgamation, Arban, Cornafane. And we're nowhere near that at the moment. The population of the county at, at the time was about 25,000 less than it is now. It was, was already, I think it was like 55,000. At the minute, we're heading for 80. Yeah. So, proportionally and relatively speaking, there were more kids playing football back then. There's less kids playing football now. There's a lot more options. We need to hold on to all the young lads we have. So, from that point of view in itself, 
I would stop reading at that point. Yeah. I would say, like, that overrides all other concerns here. It's going to be difficult with fixtures. There's going to be crossover. But we have crossed the Rubicon now of you do not play a game if you're missing one player. That used to be the way in the GA and it probably had to change. Like, the example before of, like, you wouldn't dream of playing a league game. I know we argued over that, but there was a point one time once where if you were missing a player in the Railway Cup there in 2015, we saw it like Marnugent didn't play their game because David Givney had a Railway Cup game or whatever. We've got over that now and clubs yeah. seem to be happy enough to play, play the league, to play the league, to keep the thing going, give football to as many lads as they can hmm. and but have the lads for the championship. And even in the minor, like at one time it would have been unthinkable to think that your minors would play without a county minor. Hmm. But that has sort of, we've got over that, that's been established. So now that that's been established, I don't think, I think this makes this system a lot easier to to put in place. Yeah, I agree, I agree. But anyway, we'll see We'll see how it pans out. The meeting is uh, on Monday night with the county board. So um, now there may be further correspondence um, coming out in the next few days Um around the, the clarity on option four. So we'll we'll keep a close watch on that. But um yeah, be look at I suppose at this point it's up to the clubs. Up to the clubs to go and, and, and make their decision and and if they decide it then the county board must follow and that's all that's all it really is about. So um Paul, the revolution, I'm gonna call you Paul Guevara from now on. <laughs> get you get you going on that one. Folks, thanks to William for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GEO podcast. Very, very best of luck to Gauna and to Ballyhays at the weekend and of course to Coot Hill Hurlers who are in the Ulster semi-final to the Crushlock Camogues and to the Kill um, Camogues who are both in the um, Ulster finals um, at the weekend as well. I think that's all the football and hurling and Camogie action that's on at the weekend. If you want to listen the previews looking ahead to them head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan and don't forget to check out um, if you can on Saturday the 18th of November we have our Kiko All Spar all Stars Awards in Pius's Polo Grounds um, in Kinelec. So um, be great to see you all join us there. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Carvin, Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time? And then the cave and it's over the lap. And Cavan are not buried yet. Cavan doing all they could to hold their lead. Derek McDonough, what a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill, what a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Calvin! Dandy legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah! Hurrah, yeah! <laughs>